Facebook Live, going over there. I got some good news. Got a diagnosis of uh, my woes and why I've been coughing my brains out. And yes, in some some instances on the air. Um, you know, you, you see those commercials. You know, one of the saddest commercials, uh, one of the most potent commercials, other than all the DWI commercials, uh, and not to be confused with DWI Tom. Call 1-800-DWI-TEAM. Wham, wham. Sorry. I get my DWI commercials mixed up. Uh, but there was a commercial about, I don't know, five, six years ago, and it was from the New York State uh, Department of Health about smoking can kill you. You know, no no sugar, Sherlock. And the guy's sitting, uh, and uh, he's sitting there in a, in, an op- in a smock or whatever, you know, where you show your buttocks on the back end. It's real attractive. And he's sitting there on the table in a doctor's office, and, you know, he's just he's, he's, he figures that the, the, the doctor's going to come in with a diagnosis. And he looks up at the door and he said, is this the diagnosis you want? Now there's a new one. I don't know if you've seen it. It's not a local one. I've seen it on one of the cable networks. Where And it's sad. It really is. Uh, and, and, and believe me, in recent, in recent days, I thought I'd have the same, you know, type of result. Where, um, you know, a guy has to admit to his family that he's got lung cancer. And, you know, everyone starts breaking down. It's a, you know, these commercials are very, very, you know, riveting. Very, they kowtow to the emotions for good reasons because they're trying to tell you something. Don't smoke. You know, like Yul Brenner said. I don't know if you remember those commercials back in the uh, early 80s. Don't smoke. Please. Do yourself a favor. Don't smoke. He smoked for breakfast, that guy. What a brilliant actor. He died at like, I don't know, 61 years old. I don't even know if he was that old. It's a shame. Same thing with John Wayne and all those other guys who just, you know, back in the days, they, that's all they did. Every time you see an old movie, even Goodfellas. I was watching Goodfellas again last night for like the 16,000th time. And they're inside the diner and they're, they're smoking cigarettes. And ultimately, that was, uh, that's what took the life of uh, Ray Liotta this past spring, even though he was doing uh, commercials for Shantax. Just as I said that, all of a sudden my voice changed because I can't... So uh, anyway, uh, I, I I've been worrying about it, and if you can hear the wheeze in, in, you know in my voice as I as I breathe uh, uh, on this show right now, you can say, well, there's something wrong with that dude, that's for sure. Well, I just got a a, a, a diagnosis, and it's it's a good one, and by that I mean it's not cancer, it's not COPD, could be asthma, but it's definitely created by something that I've been suffering from, and that's partially uh, sleep apnea and uh, acid reflux. Uh, causing a blockage and uh, a GERD, whatever. Is it a GERD or a GERD? I don't know what it is. G-U-R-D. Am I saying that right? Some of the, se- you know, the separation between uh, the, s- the stomach and the uh, and the esophagus. And all depending upon at night. And of course, I-, I explained to the doctor, lovely lady, originally from India, smart people, uh, by way up here by way of, of uh, Brooklyn. I said, boy, I'm glad you're not in New York. She said, I know. Very dangerous. And uh, she, you know, she did it and, you know, uh, she sat down with me, asked me very good questions, as, as you might expect. Good bedside manner. Not one of those things like, so uh, what are you, abuse yourself? Drinker? Wife beater? Huh? What? No, none of that. 
Ah, uh, so uh, you know, at this point, I and, and I got to pick up a prescription over there at my favorite uh, kidney drugstore. All of them are, of course. Uh, mine happens to be on Washington Street. I have a convenience, and the good people there too. And and then I discovered that the stuff that I was taking was exasper. You know, the stuff that that gave me the quick fix to get rid of the issue, but was exasperating the acid reflux. It's hard to explain, but right now I'm feeling really good. And I know Sandy here, our office manager, was concerned because, you know, people hear me on the show. People hear me every now and then in the office. I'm just, like, you know, gasping for breath. And it might sound like, wow, that guy's got some serious lung issues. What's going on there? Well, it is related to that, but it's all to do apparently with, you know, and I could have asthma. That could be an outside chance, but a very strong chance that it's, it's related to my acid reflux that, that made things worse in recent uh, months. So, uh, again, I'm not out of the woods, but uh, it's not COPD. It's not cancer. And uh, they, uh, the x-ray that I had uh, uh, gotten this past July, they had access to that, too. It's amazing. Technology is great. I mean, right down to the point where when they can share your files, your x-rays here, there, everywhere. You know, if you go on vacation and, you know, someone has to check you out, just say, God forbid, you had an issue uh, out of state. Uh, they can get access to all that. You got to sign your life away when you do it, but you might as well, right? I mean, uh, would you allow other people, complete strangers from other institutions, to see what your inside of your bowels look like? Uh, yeah, go right ahead. If you need to see the inside of my bowels, by all means, uh, go f- hop at it, right? So that's where it is. Now uh, that said, I, I I got out of there and I said, boy, I'm hungry. She also said, don't eat uh, eat eat something at four hours before you go to sleep. And uh, oh, what was the other? Oh, and sleep on your side. And, and also, in the next visit, she, in two months, when, when a doctor says see me in two months, I'm like, I'm thinking, I actually thought today that they would probably rush me somewhere and say, no, you can't go anywhere. Because when you, you think the worst, you just think of those. How many? How often have you heard someone set, uh, exclaim a story about themselves or their father, or their uncle, or their brother, where they go to a you know a simple office meeting and says, oh my god we got to get you on an op uh, you know an operating uh, uh, table right now, and you hear not a lot necessarily but I think all of us understand that you know, severity of something where you're a walking time bomb and that if you don't take care of this now, uh, you might not be here tomorrow. So it wasn't that I always think the worst case scenario there's nothing wrong with being paranoid. Because just like Johnny Fever said in WKRP in Cincinnati, paranoia is sometimes good thinking. Actually, it's very good thinking. Most of the times, if you're rational about it, you should worry. There's nothing worry. There's nothing to worry about when you worry. Or you should worry, so don't worry about worrying, because you're concerned. If you don't worry, it might be too late. Uh, so anyway, uh, what 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 happened? This oh boy, I'm not a Met fan, but if you're a Mets fan, this was a just a horrible horrible weekend for you. This was just bad, and and I and I watched the sh- the game parts, if not all of the games, on TV. And say what you want about the Yankees losing two out of three to Baltimore, it really doesn't matter. But everyone's watching uh, Aaron Judge, and now now even I'm tired of watching Aaron Judge, uh, you know, swing at balls uh, in the, you know, at his knees. Really tough to get over that hump. It's, it's it just goes to show. I hope he gets it. I really do. To go this far, but the Mets have 98 wins, and they're going to go to the wild card. Ouch. That hurts. And you've been in first place since April, and you lose it in the final weekend of the year. I know. they got three, four more games. The Yankees got four games left. Of all places, they got to go down to Texas. They haven't been away at Texas all year. They play four games. Hopefully, Aaron Judge gets it. 
Uh, great. Uh, uh, I mentioned this on Friday. I know I interviewed Matt Costelli on Friday. We didn't talk much about the sports show. But I tell you, I'm really liking this sports show format that Jeff has on the Hotline Show. And it's a mixture of not just sports, local sports, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, it, Jeff, in his own you know, unique way, uh, can talk about politics, too. So, it's like, oh, wow, boy, that's uh, Raleigh Fingers. Hmm, yeah. I remember him during Watergate. Uh, you know, so there's a mixture of sports and different things like that uh, that uh, very enjoyable, very knowledgeable. Uh, both of them are. And then, like I said, it, it's interjected with things going on in the world. I got a couple of things that I wanted to share on Facebook. On, on, uh, when I hit the, the browser, all right, I won't do that again. On the computer, I stopped my recording. It's very annoying. Someone's been texting me. I don't know what it is. Okay, so somebody, a very well-known guy in the, I guess you could say, pharmaceutical business. And no, it's not our pharmacy friend, but it's another pharmacy friend. I uh, said GERD, G-E-R-D in capital letters. And that stands for gastrointestinal esophageal reflux disease. Or reflux, sorry. And, uh, and now he's, he said he was laughing. Please look at my bowels. Well, you know, I, 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 my, my Aunt Rita, God rest her soul, she died years ago. Um, she, uh, she, she would always use different terminology, different from the other. They weren't trousers. Like my cousin Tom, a couple years younger than me. You know, you, she, she wouldn't say put on your pants. She wouldn't say put on your trousers, although that would be a little bit off base. A lot of people say put on your pants, Glenn, or something like that. And, and so she would say trousers, and if it, was, it wasn't shorts or bathing suits, it was trunks. I don't know why. I don't know how the hell I got into it, uh, uh, but uh, it, the terminology is everything. But, she, but one thing that my Aunt Rita would tell, and she'd say it in front of all of us, so embarrassing to my cousin Tom. So, you know, it, it, there's, there's a way that parents can say, hey, uh, did you go to the bathroom? Did you go to number two? Uh, but instead, my aunt, my aunt Rita would say, did you move your bowels? <laughs> did you move your Wow. I mean, we were like eight, nine years old. That's, that terminology I learned right off, right off the bat. So, but speaking of sports, uh, all three, and Jeff mentioned this, all three New York State uh, football teams won this past uh, weekend, on last yesterday. All of them great games, too. I didn't see much of the Giants game. And uh, the Jets pulled out one out of, out of like a rat out of the a hat. So did uh, so did the Buffalo Bills with that interception in the end zone at Baltimore, holding Baltimore to nothing in that second half. Harbaugh took some heat heat uh, for going for the touchdown as opposed to going for the field goal. He said it had something to do with uh, I don't know uh, with uh, with the numbers or log- logistics. I, I I can't remember what he said, but it didn't make much sense. You got to go for the points. You got to guarantee that uh, because you had enough time for the team to come back. And if they do score a, t- a field goal, which they did, it would only would have resulted in a tie. But instead, uh, Buffalo goes for Alexa to go for a uh, a field goal and won that game yesterday. So now Buffalo is three and one, and uh, Baltimore is two and two, and the Jets are two and two. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the Giants are three and one. It's a long season, despite the fact it's only 17 games. But, uh, boy, it's anyone's game this year. Uh, that's for sure. All right, so there was a couple of things uh, that I wanted to share with you. I won't go to the computer to go to it. But instead, I'll go to my trusty phone here and read it from that. First of all, there was a movie that came out this past weekend. I, I never heard I didn't know about it. I'm not into uh, movies after 1999, so I wouldn't know. But uh, this movie called Bros, B-R-O-S, uh, short for brothers, plural, 
new romantic comedy from director Nicholas Stroller, as if I knew that. It's about the gay community. It's a romantic comedy about you know gay gay uh, uh, people having relationships, uh, kind of like Will and Grace uh, on steroids because it's a movie, and apparently it bombed. I, I mean, I, again, listen, t- talking to this audience, I could go out on a limb and say that n- uh, twenty out of twenty of you never heard of this movie, and twenty one out of twenty uh, people probably will never see this movie. Listening to me right now, and that has nothing to do with you know uh, being homophobic by any means. It's just you don't relate to it. Here's the th- sad thing. Uh, the, the main actor in this, I forget his name. I'm looking at him right now. He's got big ears. He says, straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing. His name is Billy Eichner on the poor box office uh, performance of Bros this weekend. It made $5 million domestically. $5 million. That's not a lot of money for a major production. Uh, but but let me let me read that to you again. He said, "Straight people, especially certain parts of the country." I mean, he's killing two birds with one stone. Uh, he's he's basically you know attacking you know heterosexuals of all kinds. But then he says, "Especially in certain parts of the country." Well, the first thing that comes to mind it's got to be Florida, because Florida seems to be on everyone's uh, hit list these days. Then next would be Texas, or some some state like Oklahoma. Only two things come from Oklahoma, uh, so that was the latest on that. So if, if you know, I'm, and I, I responded. I'm, sh- I said, I'm sure it's a good movie. I'm sure it's well done, but you know, people, you know, there's a lot of choices out there, and I, and I don't know why people are going to the movies anymore when everything is right at the, uh, right on your Roku stick. M- movies are coming out right in your living room. They don't, you don't have to go into a big theater and hang out behind someone who doesn't stop talking. Uh, for two and a half hours, you could you watch it in the comfort of your own home. I think that's affecting the box office. So something like this, where it's not necessarily one of those mega hits that you that sixteen year olds see, and uh, the majority of people in China, like we talked about last week. But what's surprising is it's like, well, if this is about the gay community, then why didn't that community support it? Five million dollars domestically over the weekend. I mean, you would think it would do a heck of a lot better than that. But, no, he's got to blame everybody else. And a lot of people complain and say, well, maybe it's a crappy movie. And I said, no, I'm sure it's good. But the Florida reference, that's, that's obvious. So, okay, so that one. Oh, and also, did you know this guy, uh, his name is, what's his name again? Uh, Nick Cannon. He, uh, he's a radio guy by trade, you know, a good guy. He was married to Mariah Carey. <clears throat> and uh, he's, had, he's had 11 kids. Now, he's um, he just his, one of his uh, baby. Uh, what do they say? Baby mom. His baby mom has just uh, gave birth to his tenth child, and that he's expecting another child next month. And uh, and of course, my response on on this particular uh, Facebook group was, "Is he Mormon?" But it's it's almost accepted where a guy like Nick Cannon, uh, and he's very wealthy, a lot richer than yours truly can spread the seed around. But, you know, and again, I, I, no, no one should be up on the moral compass or, or you know, have the moral fortitude just because they're a celebrity and they were the, uh, the, the host of uh, America's Got Talent and whatnot that he has to live by a different standard. But, I mean, it does send a message. He's got 11 kids, and I think, I think he's got at least seven or eight different baby mamas from what I read. That's just amazing. And it's okay. And then the other one, of course, is Lizzo, 
uh, who, uh, and we mentioned this last week, she had the luxury of having uh, played uh, a, a crystal flute from James Madison. What year, someone, if you can help me out there, what year was James Madison president of the United States? What year? What, what, what time? We're we talking early part of the 19th century, like 18, you know, some, around the time of James Monroe? I don't know. But they say it's a 200-year-old, uh, well, that, that figures it right there. So it might have been around th- the time of Thomas Jefferson or something. And, uh, and for the record, I didn't think they had crystal uh, uh, flutes back in the day. It looked very modern. It looked like something that was uh, taken, you know, created today. Well, anyway, Lizzo was at a concert, and uh, she played it. But while she played it, she was twerking. And everyone was, like, so excited about that. You know, the people that get most excited about a visual like that, Lizzo is, I think, 345 pounds when I read an article about it. 345 pounds. She's young. And, and again, you would expect someone, uh, you know, at that size, she might hold back on, on, on revealing, you know, her body parts. A- okay, James Madison, 1809 to 1817. Thank you. That came from Lefty. So, again, based on the stats from Lizzo, that you would think that she might cover up a good part of her body just to be a little humble. But no, not quite. Not quite at all. In fact, what she wears is more revealing uh, than, quite frankly, some of the people in this building. And, and, and one in particular who looks very good when she goes scantily clad. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Lizzo, and she's like a size three, by the way. Lizzo is not. But she is celebrated for her size and the bravery that she, that she brings to the stage. I mean, this woman, just her butt cheeks alone are just enormous. There's a picture of her walking up uh, uh, the, the staircase to a, to a jet, her own personal jet. She's done well. Uh, and, and once again, I'll have a lot more than yours truly here. But this, this need to kind of you know, celebrate this, this, this obesity just because she is looked upon as a sex symbol. Plus, she's a singer and she can play the flute and other instruments. And God bless her for that. But why go that extra route wearing these, uh, these outfits with like a thong, and then she's twerking. She's known for her twerking. It's, it's, it's just insane. It's, it's similar to what we just heard earlier uh, when uh, uh, Kamala Harris was, uh, was uh, talking about how the hurricane victims of Hurricane Ian, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, she said that the, the, uh, the funding, uh, the rescue for monies uh, will go towards uh, people of color from those communities first. And everyone in the room when she said that was like, oh, that's so great. You know, a bunch of white people... None of which have properties down in Fort Myers, by the way. Or maybe not, they don't even have any relatives or any skin in that game. But it makes them feel good about it. So someone like Izzo is playing with a, a 200-year-old crystal flute owned by you know, a former president during a time when slavery was, uh, was certainly alive in America. It, it's, it's, it represents such a, such a rebelliousness. Uh, it's so many things going on there. She's so sexy. She's twerking. Everything's happening. Everyone's so happy about it. And then uh, just yesterday, Kamala Harris says, oh, yeah, uh, the funding is going to go to areas, uh, uh, the, 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 the communities of color before anywhere else. And, oh, that's so good. That's so good. And, and it's just goes. And then moments later, and then a, a, a couple hours later, she's at another event. One of the, one of the uh, uh, journalists asked her the same question, why, do, why are you doing that? She didn't respond. And, it, and I was in my car listening to that, and I was trying to do my own Bill O'Reilly impersonation. Well, you know, Hannity... Hannity, this is what's happening, Hannity. And what it is, is someone like Kamala Harris is living up to that moment. She reads the room. She says, uh, this is a good thing to say in a room like this. 
where she can get away with it. But she doesn't realize that that's going to be recorded for everyone to see. Therefore, some other reporter, hours later, if not a day later, is going to ask her a question and challenge her on it, and she's not going to respond. Why? She doesn't have to. She lived up to the moment where everyone feels warm and fuzzy. And, and that's how they felt about Izzo uh, playing a, a 200-year-old plus uh, 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 crystal flute. Everyone's so happy to see that. It's amazing where the elitists are these days and why they are that way. Uh, so anyway, oh, and here's something I just, uh, yeah, and, and I'll be real quick about this, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a, a passive-aggressive troll on Facebook. There's a, there's a, a Facebook group called Political Loudmouth, and uh, let me just go to the post. I'll be real quick about this. It says, five weeks into the 2022 midterms, don't F this up, America, according to Jeff Tedrick, nice Irish boy. And I was the first one to respond. It was one of those things where I was, the, I was uh, first on the list. And I said, I, my, my response was, say yes to more crime, exclamation point three times. And Bill Trosper says, more crime from Republicans, question mark. Haven't you had enough? I said, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I say that because, you know, talking to the doctor prior to the uh, show, and she was very good, very informative. She asked me a lot of questions. I really like that. Uh, sometimes there's doctors, and although I, I really haven't had this experience uh, in, in Samaritan or anything associated with, with the medical community up here, they always seem to, you know, I, I always seem to relate to them very well based on my needs. And uh, I, I just, wow, it's just like, boy, crime in New York is, is really bad. And she agreed with me. She says, it is. It is bad. We all know that. We all know that this is clearly a byproduct of, of blue, blue cities and blue states and the policies coming out of Washington, D.C. And for someone like Bill, whatever his name is, Strasburg, to say differently, to put the blame on us, is just totally wrong. But, again, they get away with this because they can. One thing, uh, when Kamala Harris the other day, or last week, rather, she, she said what a lot of people said was a gaffe. And I think I was listening to either the Kill Me show, someone was sitting in from today, or something else. And one of the guys called, uh, one of the uh, consultants who called into the show, uh, as a guest, mind you, says, you know, no one, no one uh, corrected Vice President Kamala Harris when she, when she said North Korea. And she was reading it, by the way. She just didn't think of it ahead. She was actually reading that. And I didn't know that. So it was a mistake that someone wrote it. And she actually interpreted it. That's a double mistake, and she's the vice president. She should know better. And on top of that, no one corrected her. And, and I read and I heard that. I go, you know, there's a reason why no one corrected that. And I remember in my, uh, my high school uh, drama teacher, Mr. Michael McDonald. Uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook. He lives downstate in the Hudson Valley. Huge influence on my life. He says, do, you know, when you make a mistake, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't say, oh, I, you know, don't, don't wince or something. Go with it as best you can and be normal, be human about it. But don't, in his words, don't put a sign over your head saying, oh, I just made a mistake. And this is during a performance, a play performance and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And by the way, in Christ the King High School under Mike McDonald's uh, leadership, we took our plays very, very, very seriously. You know, he, he had that whole New York attitude about things. And our plays were actually very good. The set designs were good. I, I was in all of them, most of them at least, uh, during my four years there, and I'll never forget it. But there's a lot of things I drew from that. It's like, this is serious. He said, if I catch anyone looking outside into the audience, be, you know, between, you know uh, behind the curtain, 
If I see anyone that goes out to the curtain to wave at their friends before the show starts, you will be taken out of the show immediately. And he meant that. No one ever did it because no one ever screwed with Michael McDonald. He had a horrible temper, but neither here nor there. He was a good guy. Uh, and it's the same thing with Kamala Harris. If she were to say something about it, say, oh, I made a mistake, and, and she could have honestly made a mistake. It's either north or south. But remember, she said the Republic of North Korea, and no one corrected her. It leads me to one thing. It's like, well, the only people that are going to correct her are the people from Fox, the Breitbarts, the Glenn Currys of the world. They're the only people. So to, to, so to correct her, that would mean that the people from MSNBC and CNN and The Times would actually notice that she made the mistake. And most people, of course, from that end of the political spectrum don't watch this stuff as much as you and I do anyway. So here's my point. Why draw attention to it? So when the guy said, no, no one corrected her. Why is that? I said, that's why. Because when you correct her, it just exasperates things. That means your own base realizes she made a mistake. And if you don't correct them, who cares that the Fox people know that she made a mistake? They already dislike her to begin with. And, and that's the way I look at that. So anyway, that's my assessment of the world today, plus my uh, meeting with the good doctor, Samaritan, uh, up there at the top of the hill, Washington Street Hill at the pulmonary office. So I'm feeling a heck of a lot better, folks. I went outside. I went to... I went to two Dunkin' Donuts this after, late this afternoon before the show. I just wanted something. I just didn't have enough for lunch. And the, the Dunkin' Donuts on Washington Street, their cash machine, or their, uh, sorry, their debit machine was out. And uh, they told me that you know, on the intercom. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just go to the other, like an idiot. I went to the other Dunkin' Donuts. I was like, and they had the same issue. So needless to say, if there's ever an issue at one, it's more than likely going to be an issue at the other. So then I went over to Tim Hortons. I just wanted something, just, just a bagel with butter on it. At this point, that's all I wanted. And Tim Hortons, you know, it's, I, I feel like uh, Yogi Berra when I referred to Tim Hortons up there on out of Coffeine Street. I said, nobody go, people go there all the time because no one goes there. And, and, and that's why it's, let me explain. I go there all the time because there's never a line. You know, Yogi Berra would say, so uh, no, no one goes there. It's too crowded. And that was just a typical Yogi Bearism. It's the opposite, where I said, well, yeah, uh, I go there all the time because nobody goes there. But now, because of the, uh, of the problem getting people, you typically have to wait at least three, four, five minutes longer. Look, I'm not a Karen. I don't complain. I just love the fact that people are doing any type of work today. If there's one person doing the counter and, and, the, uh, and the window, which is probably the case there at the Tim Hortons there, I'll wait. But I tell you what, do yourself a favor. If you want to save some bucks and you don't want to wait online and you don't want to go to the Dunkin' Donuts where you have to figure out who's online and who's not, you know, like the one in Stateway Plaza, wink, wink, you know what I'm talking about, head on over there to uh, the Tim Hortons on Coffeen Street right behind the mall. They'll take care of you there. You might have to wait, but that's okay. That's our new world we've got to deal with. At the end, you'll have good food. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, uh, good to talk to you. Um, I didn't know if you were even taking calls. Nobody calling you. Nah, it was just me, bullsh- you know, it was just me talking. Yak, yak, yak. Don't talk back. Yeah, and um, you covered so many topics, man. You got my head spinning. I know. Because I had comments on a lot of your topics. Right. But, um, you keep jumping around so much. So right. I hope your health is better. And, yes, um, I'm feeling good. I hope our teams do better. All right. Yeah, no, I'm very- Hey, uh, that reminds me of that song I just sang. Yakety yak. Don't talk back. Just put the papers in the trash. Boom, 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 boom. There you go. All right. Um, don't, um, oh, boy. All right. All right. I got one for you. Wait a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, 
before I hit you with a baseball bat. What's what's that? What's that? That's another song. Foghead did it, and some guys from the fifties did it. Shut your mouth, cut all that yakety yak. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it was a podcast song in the seventies, huh. but it was also a fifty song because huh. they redid fifty songs. Oh, I so, see. Yeah, yak to the yak. When Don't you talk said yak, so we got two yak to yak. Huh? By fog? Did you say fog hat? I did too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Sometimes I can't understand. Huh? Interesting. Right. I'll have to look at. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll comment on all your other topics, but i got to write a book about it. <laughs> yeah, so you got to get some monarch notes. All right, thank you, my friend. All right, I'll much. talk to you. That's, uh, that's, uh, I don't know that guy's name. He's a good guy. So let's do this. It's already 25 minutes before the hour. We'll be back. Roof looking old. Oneonta and Montrose, PA. Boy. Dip, 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 day. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, okay. It was, um, I didn't mean to call twice, but it was... Honey Hush was the name of the song. Come in this house, cut all that yak and yak. Okay, and what year? What year? Uh, I think Foghead did it, I'd say about 74. Okay. And uh, they got it from a, a black band in the uh, 50s. Uh, so you could look it up. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to look it up. I'm the air. You, you look it up. You give me all the data. All the info. Uh, well, I got Fog Hat about 74. Right. And then, um, well, I don't have to call you back about it. No, nah, no, I understand. No, I appreciate it. A, a lot of their songs, they redid huh. old blues, huh. uh, Motown type of sound right. songs. Right. And they redid them and sort of rocked and rolled them. They were my favorite band in high school. I graduated in 77. Oh, uh, you know, did you? Yeah, oh, that, that would make sense. Yeah. Good band. Uh, you know who yeah. makes references to uh, Foghat is uh, Jim Carrey would make uh, jokes about Foghat. He's like a year older than me. Yeah, they're good, really good band. Hey, you remember what was a funny movie? You remember uh, Spinal Tap? That yeah. was a funny movie. Yeah, I never saw it. I heard it was good. I know what music. Rob Reiner, yeah. I think, directed Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, I, 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 I know about it, but, I, you know. You know, it's funny because uh, last, last night uh, <clears throat> uh, that show came on called East New York. New York! Sorry. Uh, in East New York, just to let everyone know, this is, you know, of course, back in the days when I lived there, I, I knew East New York pretty well. It was uh, the town right next to ours. It was on the Brooklyn border. And they made a TV show about it with Jimmy Smith. And I figured, well, let me watch it and see what it's all about. And it's the same old stuff. I, I don't know if you saw it. It was on CBS. They were touting it like, oh, this is going to be a great show. This is going to be the next CSI or, or you know, NYPD Blue. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, it's the same old I, I stuff. Across the river in uh, Jersey. Yeah, right. And and, I, and yeah. by the way, I like Jimmy Smith. He's from Brooklyn. Uh, he went to Boys and Girls, I think. I know he went to Pratt University, which is in Brooklyn, which is, by the way, where they where they filmed uh, uh, Debbie Does Dallas, which not many people know. I don't. Not many people know it was shot in Brooklyn. It's a porn movie, okay? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. I take. I say that figuratively, of course. Ah, uh, anyway. Uh, so I'm watching it, and I'm like, uh, yeah, this is this sucks. And, my, and it was about the 70. My father was at the 75th precinct, which was probably one of the most dangerous precincts in the world. The 74 and the 73rd was no better. But in East New York back in the 60s and 70s, particularly in the 70s, was one of the worst spots in the world. And regrettably, it's getting back to that. Now, I guess that's why they, they made the show about it. But it's a horrible, horrible oh, place. You yeah, never there was go some... There. Uh, 
places in Brooklyn that's pretty bad. There's some places in the Bronx that's pretty bad. Yeah. There was a show on last night. It was a, a news show, a premiere, East New York. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. New oh, yeah. York! The music was great. The music was great on that show. Huh. But you don't put a little white girl in there. No. Nah. Right, and in she's living in the world. projects. Yeah. You don't do that. You're absolutely right. But, and, and, hey, you yeah. and I got to go have a beer sometime, all right? That sounds good, my friend. I'll talk. Yes. All right. After my acid right. reflux is gone. Yeah, I haven't been able to drink beer. I don't drink anything. I, I drink wine. and I, So I, I, I'm, anyway, I can't wait to go to my near you candy store to get this, uh, this uh, acid reflux. And, and I've taken it before. Don't get me wrong. I just, after a while, you just give up on things. It's like, this isn't working. This is, you need someone to tell you what's wrong with you. So for me to go out and, and fix it up here and there with a Band-Aid, she was saying, you know, the stuff that you've been taking at the urgent care was good. It was, it was, it was good to, to, you know, to give you that temporary relief, but it, you know, it was making things worse. Because what, what, what was, it might have been opening up your passageways, but it was also making your acid reflux worse. I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'm an idiot. So there you go. That's why people are doctors. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? It's Lefty. What's happening? You know, your, your show is a good reflection of how people age differently. It, not only in looks, but in the way they sound. I would have guessed your last caller to be quite a bit older. Uh, do you know that? Well, you just said... Oh, right, yeah. Graduated. Right, right. Okay, yeah, so you're right. So I, I put, put it together, and I'm like, wow, this guy's like, you know, a baby boomer. I mean, he just seemed like he's he's older. But, you know, you got a couple guys to call up. They call your show and the mayor's show. Right. And one of them is Nate Louie, and one of them is Nate Paul. Right. And I get them kind of mixed up. I do, too. Very, yeah. Not, they're very aggressive on their subject. Right. They're very to the point. Right. And they hold the mayor more than you right. to a higher extent as though he is, like, still takes the name mayor. Right, right, right. To play right. this game. If he brings anything up that they can slight him on, right, right, they, they will. will hold him accountable right, exactly. on the spot. Right. I think they are older than the guy that just called, and yeah. they sound like, you know, late 50s. I know they're older than that because I actually know who both of them are, but I get their voice fixed up. But right. they sound like at the... At the you know, it's the oldest, like guys in their 50s that are fully confident. They are up on issues and they right. go through things. Your last caller, I mean, he's a, a very uh, <coughs> regular caller. Yeah. And you know exactly what to expect. Right. And he fills air. Right. But I would have taken him, if you're putting him on, on age group, I would have put him a lot older. Uh, see, I see. I think. What do you think? I, I say he's exactly what I thought he was. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, uh, Coach Green. That's exactly what we thought they were. Exactly what we thought they were. Like, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I guess, figured I he was a couple I'm years older than me. It, I guess I'm doing it in comparison to, like, the, these other two callers that I just, you know, I'm going, wow, he's younger than them. Right. You know, no, there's some people, though, it's things. the total opposite, where you're talking to someone and you swear that they're in their 30s and they're like they're in their 70s. It, it's, it is strange. A lot of people, when 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 I walk into a room and they hear me, is oh wow, I thought you. Were. A lot of people thought that I was older, so I might have an oldest voice, I guess, whatever. But more often than not, people say that they thought I'd be older, kind of like uh, kind of like Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger in Roadhouse. Yeah, of course I, I understand Roadhouse. Of course, yeah, everyone has to understand. If you don't understand Roadhouse, 
you can't be qualified as a human being. Sorry. Sorry. Well, and they're going to redo that movie, which is oh, a horrible, come on. horrible idea. Terrible. Yeah, oh, uh, worst remakes of all time. I put a nomination. One of them uh, is a uh, 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 Willy Wonka remake with Tim Burton. Uh, Johnny Depp, terrible. But the other one, did you ever see the... Because people were talking about Arthur, and I'll get to that story in a bit. Did you ever see the original Arthur with Dudley Moore? Yeah, of course. Like, several times. Every time it was on HBO when I was a kid. Great movie. It could never be made today because he was driving drunk half the time. But they did make it with Russell... What's his name? Branch? Bran? The Indian guy with the British accent? Sounds like a terrorist who chops people's heads off. Anyway, yeah, no, they did that yeah, remake, yeah. and oh my God, the worst! Oh, I couldn't believe how bad it was. I don't know why they do these things. I don't know why Red Dawn—that's another bad remake. So many bad remakes. Terrible. Anyway, yeah, Red Dawn would be hard to beat. Oh, I know, and believe me, they didn't beat it. It was awful. Looks like the whole movie was no, shot I, at well, night. I, you know, it, it had that one young kid in it that used to be fat and he lost a lot of weight. He was kind of the star of it. He's got a little bit of a lift. Who, Billy Connolly? From uh, from, I don't know. from from the talk. Oh, I'm no, so that's sick Jerry of that guy. O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Sorry, you're you're in you're you're batting in the right field. You're ah. I can't well, stand man, that guy. I, All right, I'm in the you post office. I got to use both hands. All right, man. I'll let you go. So, I'm I'm just gonna leave the phone on though so I can hear you because the conversation there stays on here. Hope it doesn't tell you to line up. No, bye bye. All right. What the hell is he talking about? Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. I've listened to you talk about your problem. Yeah. And um. I had uh, acid reflux and heartburn for forever, and I used to take Prilosec every day. Yeah. It helped for a while, but then it started getting worse and worse. Yeah. Well, over a year ago, I had a physical problem, and the doctor says, you can't take any of that stuff with the meds I'm giving you. Guess what? 100% gone. Really? Wow. So what did you do? You got off medication? You know, it surprised me. And because I figured, oh no, what am I going to do without the Prilosec? Right. I mean, it got bad too. Trying to eat. And yeah, stuff it sucks. Yeah. Like you said, something like you had. Yeah. And I it's one hundred percent gone. Good. So wait, what? What? Nothing. What did you do? You did nothing. Did nothing except stop Prilosec, and with the uh, meds that he put me on, they were heart meds, and he said you can't have that now. So I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? You yeah, know, right? You're in a and pickle. it wasn't long, and it was gone. Wow. I, you know, after suffering for all those years. Yeah, right, right. Well, just gone. That's an so, awful feeling. That's an awful feeling. Maybe, uh, <laughs> like she said, something you were taking was making it worse. Yeah. 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 I, right, I, yeah. I think it was a combination, but I'm glad you're feeling better. There's nothing oh, better than conquering yeah. something that's been nagging. Thank you. Uh, that that's been nagging or you know affecting your lifestyle, or in my case, I just can't, I can't sleep. Because when you wake up in the middle, she says you got to sleep on your, le- you got to pr- prop yourself up, which I know, and I'm going to do all these things, and eventually she's going to bring me back. She's, she's going to talk about sleep apnea because she looked in the back of my throat when when I did the ah thing. Uh, you know, we're talking about you know a doctor, an intelligent person. A woman from another country. Read between the lines. They just know a lot more. I mean, I, I take their word for it. I'm sorry. And I opened up my mouth. I go, ah, it's just, you got sleep apnea, don't you? Or rather, no, she said, you snore at night, don't you? I go, I guess. It says, yes, you do. Oh, okay. I'll take a word for it. Because it's one of those things, like, snoring is like a, a, a senility. You, you, you know, you don't know you have it. Other people do, but you don't. You don't know if you're snoring because you're asleep. 
When you're senile, you're senile, so you don't know nothing. Pardon me, grammar. All right, so the story uh, relating to the movie Arthur with Dudley Moore, 1980, 81, somewhere thereabouts. Now, an Apple executive, you might have heard this story earlier on the Brian Kilmeade show. An Apple executive, that's right, Apple executive had to resign after a viral TikTok show shows him making crude jokes. Now, there's a guy online, and I, I didn't know he was a TikTok influencer, but, and I've seen him on my uh, feed from time to time. And he's a young guy, and he'll walk up to people in affluent neighborhoods. Someone might be driving a Maserati, someone dressed well on, uh, in some nice neighborhood. And he'll approach them, and he says, what do you do for a living? And they said, well, I'm a doctor, uh, or I run a business, or and I'm an entrepreneur. Well, this guy was, is, is in a car, a nice car, and he's probably my age, maybe a bit older, I don't know. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's living life, and, and God bless him. He did well in his SATs. So he says, uh, the guy asked him, what do you do? He said, well, he says, and I quote, I race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. And this gentleman's name is Tony Blevins. Uh, not that you and I might know who that is. I could tell you this much. I never heard of him. You ever hear of uh, Johnny Olin? I never heard of him. Uh, Tommy Ble- uh, Tony Blevins said in a, non, a now viral TikTok, which seemingly referenced a quote from the movie Arthur from 1981. Now, this guy uh, is a top Apple, Apple executive. Now he's leaving the company after appearing in this video. Uh, in the video posted by this guy's name is Daniel Mack on September 5th, early last month. Uh, he, and I told you what he said. As it turned out, he, he was reciting a line from the 1981 version of Arthur in which, in which the main character, Dudley Moore, does say that he's a millionaire. He's about to inherit millions after his parents die, whatever, with Liza Minnelli there and uh, uh, Sir John Gilgood. He says, I race cars, I play tennis, and I final women. So he's actually literally reciting a movie line. Uh, so, but whatever. Uh, as a result of that, they had an internal investigation. He's been there for 22 years at Apple, and and uh, he had spoken out about the window. He had to speak about. It. He had to apologize. He says, and I quote: "I would like to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to anyone who's been offended by a mistake." He was forced to resign as a result of this internal investigation. Unbelievable where the world is, folks. It really is. It is unbelievable insanity. What's happening? And then someone else texted me as I was blabbering here. i got to do a break. Uh, this person says, I like your age discussion. Someone who is much, much younger than she sounds is the grumpy lady who calls the hotline show. Now, this person seems to think that people call her Granny Grunt, but she's only 43 years old? Is that true? And by the way, I don't hear her on the hotline show as much. Hopefully she's okay. But there was a Granny Grunt years and years ago who would just tear apart Jeff like poor... I mean, she, thank God she either did her, her 5 o'clock nap every day. She never called the show. Uh, and I think she has since passed. But she has been replaced by yet another Granny Grunt who just really hands it to Jeff. She's very, very mean. She's like the Karen of Northern New York. But this person see, says that she's only 43. Wow. That's, that's like lefty. I, I, would never, I would never suspect that, ever. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, how you doing? What's that? My favorite line from Arthur yeah. is when they're going for their first apartment, yeah. Liza Minnelli and Dudley Moore, yeah. and the guy is riding the 
acorn staircase thing. Right, right. He goes, I just want you to know it has I-O-L. Uh, and they go, I-O-L, instant on lighting. Huh. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. We're going for their own apartment. Didn't he own like a big palace? Or am I yeah, forgetting well, something? Well, they were, no, they were in Brooklyn or whatever. Queens, Queens. And this guy, he was riding the acorn. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. You know, it's you know, it's they an, were, yeah. it was taking them forever to get to the second floor. Oh yes, yes, I remember. Yeah, and I, I like who it has I O L. And the guy, the, yeah, that's funny. And the guy that played uh, Liza Minnelli's father would later play Jerry Seinfeld's father. He he was yep. a character, and he you know he was half shaven and all. And son, Sir John Gilgood, of course, his character was was the butler, and he wanted to make you know he wanted Arthur to to, to be happy, so he went over to Liza Minnelli's house in Queens. And uh, he, he says, uh, he said, the, the, the father looked at him and said, boy, you don't look good. He says, I, I, I could use some aspirin. And he says, oh, let's see if we have any. And he says, it's behind the unused can of shaving cream. So anyway, it was a good line. Great movies back in the day. But the remake with Russell Brand, Russell Brand was just hor- horrific. No, to you say you always go with the original. Yeah, always. Always go with the original. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yep. I'll talk to you. That's, uh, that's another good caller calling in here. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn, sorry it's a two for Tuesday, but I got a great Granny Grunt story. Yeah. Wait, are you, are you talking about the original Granny Grunt? Can you believe that the current yeah, the, one? The, the original Granny Grunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. As when, I, when I was a child, before she was Granny Grunt, you know, before she was called the hotline, before the hotline. Right. I used to walk past her house, like, every day almost in the summer. She lived between my house and my buddy Rob's. Okay. And one day, me and Rob and this other guy, Mike, who just just it just passed away, God bless his soul. Yeah. But we were like childhood friends, like twelve. We're walking oh, by, and one of that. the two of them had a soda in a you know a big glass that you'd get at Quick Stop. Yeah. Which was there at the time, you know. So as we got across her driveway, one of them threw it at like the other one. What was left was just ice. You know, you're a kid, you drank it all, and you said a big glass of ice. Right. So threw it at it. Well, she came out and yelled, and we laughed. Well, she contacted our parents and said we broke glass in her driveway. We're like, it was ice, and it melted. You know, it was like right. she was always like that. And she couldn't have been more in, like, her, you know, 40s then. But she was always that, that character she was in the hotline wow. in every situation. Well, why did they throw ice in her driveway? We just threw ice at each other. Oh. So oh. they had a cup of ice left is all he had left, and right. he just threw it at Right. Like at me and the other kid. You know, right. that's just what you did when you were 12. Right. It was ice. Right. Well, that's just the way she handled things. I don't want to turn into that person, you know? Uh-oh. I got kids skateboarding in my my warehouse parking right. lot. You right. know, I'm right. like, eh, I don't want to say something. I don't want them to fall and get hurt, but it's like, right. I don't want to be that guy that says something because that's, that's what kids do. Yeah. What, what? But, you know, when you go when you go on Facebook and you go down the timeline of Karen after one Karen after another... Uh, what is it with women at a young age? And again, this is this is not to suggest that this is the majority of women. Please don't think that. But you got to admit, unless I'm missing something, and yes, there are a bunch of a-holes out there that happen to be men and women. But the majority of them, the the people that go nuts over nuts. I saw this one video the other this weekend where this guy was mowing the lawn, and she she didn't want him to mow any part of her lawn, even though there was no fence that separated. It's like, what's up with people today? Are we learning more about each other because of video? Because of the, the you know, how easy it is to to document one another's you know horrible behavior, 
or are we getting worse as far as our temperament is concerned? And if so, why is it seemingly affecting women between the ages of 30 and 50? Why is that happening? Well, well, Glenn, I, as you, on a scale of 1 to 10, no woman as a 1. I mean, that's, that's my skill level on understanding a woman and yours. Yeah. That being said, every woman I know, if given the chance, will be Karen. That's what, what they strive to be, hmm. Karen. Why? They don't all get there, but some of them just fight through because they want to be mouthy. They want to be able to say their little piece. Right. Do you think it's, you know what I, you know what I, kind of like retribution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I mean, sometimes, I mean, we have, you know, we, we have people in politics that are female uh, that say some things that would, if I told you something or, or, you know, you would probably punch me in the mouth or vice versa. In other words, there's female politicians can get away with being mouthy because you can't fight back. You can't, you know, you know, what, 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 what would appear to be fighting words from uh, Lisa Tuscadero, whatever her name is, Lampanelli, excuse me, you can't react, and they know that. So it's like, the, it's like you know, when you're in a busy, uh, like, like the Strand. Remember the Strand back in the old days? And, and it was you're really, allowed. really crowded, and someone was pushing you from behind to get moving, and you swore if it was a guy, you're going to turn around, you're going to have a problem. You're like, okay, let's, let's you know, what, what's up? But instead, it was a girl, and why was why She knows you can't do it. So is, is, does that equate to why... Women are more mouthy because they know they can get away with it. Because other than that, it would start a fist fight. Just yeah, a theory. No, don't don't un, don't under, don't understand women at all. I can't answer that question. I think I just no did. I think they they know they can get away with it. You're not and, and 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 yes, for the record, I've never struck a woman in my life. I have been hit by a woman, uh, but but I just think it's that luxury of knowing like you can't touch me. It's like a bad uh, Charles Bronson movie or something. But anyway, I got to get out of here. But thanks for the second call. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's, that's a good one. Bye-bye that, now, don't you? That's uh, Lefty. And this show, believe it or not, is already over. This is one of the fastest shows ever. It really is. So I'm just, I guess I'm c- kind of like on a, I'm not, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not on cloud nine yet because I'm not out of the clouds yet. Yet. Oh, by the way, did you hear, uh, as, as happy as I am, uh, apparently there's uh, 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 recognizance photos or satellite footage or photos of Putin moving uh, 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 missiles, uh, nuclear missiles, closer to uh, Ukraine. So while I'm out of the woods, the rest of the world isn't. So while I'm celebrating, maybe we all might be celebrating for the last time, sadly. AM 1240, WE10, what to makes this legal up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Steve Futterman in Los Angeles. The death toll in Florida is now at least 94. Cleanup continues a week after Hurricane Ian. Here's KTVT reporter Jason Allen. The National Guard is handing out critical...